Good morning. This is Mike coming at you from my morning walk on a new phone. Same headset, the blue, the uh, gamer headset. So uh, quality won't be as great as on the uh, nice audio interface. But this is my um, exercise in the morning, and um, <clears throat> I'm planning to walk. Uh, across the bridge on Calhoun Street and uh, into Pennsylvania from Trenton and see if I can make it to the canal on the Pennsylvania side <clears throat> and then walk back. <clears throat> Let's just check our time. Sun's starting to come up and it's 6.45, so almost 7 o'clock. And I've been walking for 45 minutes. I have to be back by 9. So, two more hours until 9. I've been walking for one hour, so. If I go for half an hour more and then turn around, I should make it back. On time for the start of my day. So people, uh, I've been talking to a friend online, and uh, he's working on some apps, and I said to him, you know, this is nice, this app that you're working on is nice, but the business that you're working on for it is floundering, um, also because it's not an essential business. And I pitched to him the idea of why don't we, why don't you work on an app that's actually delivering something that's essential to people instead of, uh, you know, touchy feely goody stuff like what people actually need to survive. So I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, like how to optimize supply chains <clears throat> from the producer to the consumer and think about how a farmer market works the farmers come to the farmers market they stand around all day people show up at the farmers market they buy the goods so you're buying directly from the producer normally so you grow food, you bring it to the farmer's market, you sell it. Okay. What is the farmer's market? It's a rendezvous point. It's a place where you can meet. It's a time where you know it's going to be there. So you agree on a, fa a place and a time to bring the goods. And the other people agree on a place and time to pick up the goods. Now, okay, the farmer's market's open all day. So market day is a long day. All right. Well, a CSA works where you agree to buy whatever they give you on a regular basis. Okay. So you subscribe to that. Now, that's also pretty good. 
But what if you want to choose what you're going to get? And um, what if you can bundle your choices with other people? Okay. And what if you can get a... Um, economy of scale. Like, what if we can buy a whole truck full of something and then split it up? Now, that's what I'm talking about. Good morning, guys. So, what I'm thinking is um, basically... If I get together with people who live near me to buy stuff that we need, we can get it cheaper. I can have it delivered to my house and I can distribute it to them, right? If we have a payment system where everyone can chip in and be contractually obliged to take the item or at least pay for it, that eliminated a lot of problems of me buying the stuff and then sitting on it. People changing their minds. You know, we'll have to have provisions in the contracts for like, what if you don't pick it up? How long the person has to keep it, etc. Okay. So basically, I'm thinking um, we can talk to suppliers and they would offer us different items at a discount for buying certain amounts of them. And then we would work with consumers to bundle those purchases, put them on a schedule and say, hey, I want peanuts, like subscribe and save, I want peanuts delivered to me every month, so and so. Now, let's just say, take peanuts, for example, or nuts, mixed nuts, or Tide, like all these subscribe and save items from Amazon, right? Um, we can get it cheaper than Amazon. Amazon has the guy driving out with a truck, and he's delivering it to everybody's house. Okay? So that's an added cost, right? Um, we can skip that because if the person who you, who's going to receive the delivery is near you, then you can drive over there to their house once a month and pick the stuff up or they can bring it to you and you can give them a tip, but you're supporting your local economy in that respect, right? Let's say you have elderly people signing up and one person who doesn't have too much of a work to do. They can receive the shipment and then bring it to them, get a tip, talk to the people they know, build up relationships with them, help them out, maybe grab some other stuff from other stores for them, not just the things that we deliver. And, um, you know, we might actually also deliver them items that are higher priced and not the super discounted ones. But, uh, at a certain point, if you go to a futures contract and you buy coffee or nuts or something on the futures market, it'll be heavily discounted. 
okay? You take delivery of that in some random place, and then you have it shipped. You get a warehouse ticket number, let's say. Um, beans, let's say. Let's start with beans. Beans are incredibly cheap if you buy them in bulk. So, um, now beans is another issue where you've got pests, you've got uh, packaging costs, you've got, you know, spoilage, temperature controls, or whatever. Things can go bad. But all right. You know, all of those things that you can buy in the futures markets are going to be more expensive. Okay, so a packaging operation is not trivial and it requires health department stuff for food handling. You know, you have to have procedures in place, pests, all that great stuff, contamination. Okay. And, you know, those things might also apply to uh, anyone who's handling or distributing food or dietary supplements, etc. But after a certain point, if you order a crate of food, it's delivered to your house. If you just give that to your friends, um, I don't think that the health department is going to come after you. So even if we have a single payer, a single person buying from us, and we just help them bundle the payments, um, that's fine. I think we can scratch out the requirement that the person receiving the goods and distributing them is going to be a health department registered facility. Because it's someone that they know, or someone that they recruited, and also the whole advertising of... So the domain names I got were Curb Crate or Crate Curb. Um, and some other domains. Basically, the idea is that you're going to airdrop a crate of supplies to the curb. Like in the game Warzone, where they airdrop supplies and people fight over the crate. You've got your team, your squad, that works together to distribute in the crate. <clears throat> kind of like that. So, I'm envisioning that people who are hungry, who are out of work who are hustlers, who are socially active, will uh, sign up for Curb Crate and they will act as a distribution channel for the goods. And um, we'll have a truck roll up, drop the stuff on the curb, so to say, you know, drop off a, uh, the boxes or a pallet, unload it, um, and then drive off. Like that would be, and we could even use third-party delivery companies. We could have the packages insured. And um, if all goes well, uh, I'm hoping that I can have the warehousing of the goods handled by an existing company as well. So that um, we would just bundle the orders. We would say, okay... We want uh, these crates of, let's just say, nuts. We've got 20 pallets of nuts going out. 
to these locations. They're all paid for. Here's the money. Deliver them. And then they would go to the uh, people who've got pods. And I think uh, the term crate pod or airdrop pod or air pod would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, and this could solve the food crisis problem for a lot of people in like areas where there's no stores. Um, people who are, you know, living in the boonies where there's no shop right around. Um, not everyone gets to live. You know, and if you're going to drive to another city, you might have different minimum orders for different areas, etc., etc., etc. And, um, I think that thinking this will be more economically cheaper in the end, and we can pass those savings on to the people. And then, um, of course, we could tie in CSAs into this. Uh, and this all ties into the uh, micro-business idea that I was having, where you have future contracts for a, a tomato plant. Like if I've got, you know, 20 tomato plants planted, I could sell those um, futures, or I could sell those tomatoes <clears throat> on a micro-essential type business. And that all ties into there. So what do I want to do? Well, let's just talk about the basic ideas in general of what I want to do. First of all, I want a micro business. I want a small business with no staff, with no overhead, as little overhead as possible. So owning a domain name, $10 a year, all right. Hosting a website that does not change and has no logic in it, $10 a year maybe? I'm paying 50 cents a month to host a website. That's it, S3 bucket, um, Cloudflare DNS, Cloudflare uh, CDN, whammo. That's it, that's all you need. And okay, it could be $100 a year for hosting, but that's already expensive. Okay, so there's your essential business right there. And then we want to create an app for the mobile phone to manage all of this. We're going to have to have some back-end services, some back-end databases. Those could be serverless, I think, where we pay for what we use. It'll be an operating expense. Um, but also, let's go over that. They don't all need to be cloud. It doesn't all have to be online all the time. And um, some of the compute stuff. I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. You could be running Raspberry Pis, right? In the um, in your uh, trailer, as long as you have internet. And it could be logging in, picking up work to do, processing some batch jobs, and then uploading the data back into the cloud. So as long as you have some kind of, um, as long as you have some type of queuing and database system, 
then uh, as long as you have a queuing and database system, some kind of workload management, you don't actually need to have all of your compute on the cloud. You need some of it on the cloud, but not all of it. Like anything that's interacting with customers, obviously that's going to want to be in the cloud. It's going to be on, their, on your phone. Um, okay, but let's just imagine like filling out a paper form. You fill out a PDF. You check mark what you want. You send it in. You print out the PDF. You send that in. You send them an email. Like you drive up to the library. You find some new war drive to some hotspot and you send in your order. Okay, you get your confirmation. Where um, you download your, what you can get, like the current price list for the month of the different items. And then we're gonna work on the back end with suppliers to say, we can supply these things. Um, here's our prices. So, and I, I went through all of these ideas before. So the suppliers, um, we might need some kind of distribution center where like a supplier would send a whole large truck of stuff somewhere and that would be split up into smaller trucks. Ideally, the supplier would create everything up um, on the sending side into packages that just have to be redistributed, but that redistribution will actually have to be done somewhere. So we're going to have to have, in the future, for actual super, um, we're going to have to get into uh, repackaging or uh, distribution type stuff, breaking up of boxes unloading of pallets and stuff like that so that's actually going to have to be done but i think that can also be outsourced to a company that does it um for the beginning and we haven't really gotten into this whole back-end side so let's just assume that for the beginning that the back-end supplier can actually ship a crate with the supplies that are needed to the people that need it and that we're only going to attack certain items to begin with. Um, so a, uh, a dropshipper might be getting one crate of nuts and they might be getting one crate of Tide or soap, toilet paper, etc. Coffee. And um, I think those are things that will, uh, non-perishables, those are things that will be cheaper and safer to start with. You know, when we get into fresh food and CSA, you've got spoilage, you've got pests, you've got all types of stuff we have to deal with. Um, yeah. But eventually, uh, you know, it might make sense. It might make sense to set up a, a distribution center somewhere, or to rent one. Now, my whole idea before was we could rent out storefronts uh, for one day a month, like a pop-up store, and say, "Hey, um, 
you've got an empty building. I want to rent it out for one day and set up a pop-up store. Now for that, I think you will need health department inspections and so forth. Um, and I wonder how that would work for a pop-up store, pop-up grocer. And we need to look into the regulation issue. Um, <clears throat> now for a warehousing, same thing. Um, it might not make sense. You know, maybe you could have the stuff delivered to a uh, storage unit. Right? Um, or just a... Uh, well, if it's not raining, you could just get a parking lot and have the stuff dropped off in a parking lot and then you would have the other trucks come and pick it up at the parking lot. Um, well, th th then it would make sense that you would uh, get the big truck and um, the big truck would be loaded in a certain order. Uh, first in, first out. First in, last out. Like a stack. And um, you would uh, have, let's say, 10 crates pushed into a truck, a big truck, and you would uh, park that truck there on some parking lot, and I've seen this actually, and then um, people would drive up, and the, the last crate in the box would be show up at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, and they would have a half an hour to unload. And the next crate would be 9.30, and the person who's sitting in the truck just has to confirm the identity, push the crates off the, the back, unload them, you need a loading ramp of some kind, unload them um, one at a time onto another truck that would take delivery of them, a smaller truck, and that's it. Um, now, ideally, this would all be mixed bag, and um, it would ideally it would contain everything that you need, you know, like Amazon type Prime situation. But um, even if we can give people like a 50% discount on certain items, I think it would make sense. It's like buy the soap you need for the rest of the year. Or whatever for the month like we could really disrupt certain markets and um, you know there's, there's the things that people need that bring you to the store and everything else you get is an impulse buy so they already have those as loss leaders so to say where like the essential items that you really kind of come for are um, discounted heavily to get you in like Aldi and then when you walk into Aldi's they got all those that yummy stuff right in the front and you think oh well Aldi's is cheap except that first section when you first walk in that's all the expensive stuff that you want to buy and you're like well I'm saving all this money so I might as well buy some of this expensive stuff um, so we need to look into what expensive stuff we can throw in um, for people but hey if you've got a month lead time you know um, someone might actually go out and do the shopping for you
pick up the stuff and put it in your crate. And um, yeah, we haven't talked about how we're going to individually box these things um, for people and different size boxes on the crate for different end customers, etc. Um, but I was hoping that we could push that off onto the distributor to do so he might just get all of the razors and all the soap and actually have to uh, repackage them himself or herself and do the deliveries and for that they're going to get a certain percentage of the order plus tips and I think that would still make sense because that's what a grocer gets But a grocery could get us a high percentage. I guess it all depends. Yep. Yeah, and um, I mean, hey, what if we did this for uh, dietary supplements and vitamins? That'd be cool. And uh, what if your uh, curb crate only had like, you know, how many, how often do you have to buy vitamins and your CBDs and all that stuff? Like, if you get a one-year supply every year, and we could buy them in bulk and get them uh, cheap. So yeah, vitamins actually. And my wife also has a dietary supplement. Uh, facility that could be used for holding and repackaging. Registered with GMP and health department. So that could be used for the repackaging area and warehousing. So that might actually be a nice one. So we need to start looking into what products we can move, what the uh, distribu distribution points are going to be, all that stuff. Um, but the idea of this app is just an app. So I want the core business to be the micro business, the app. Um, and then... Uh, Obviously, we're going to have to work on that app and pay people to work on the app or give them equity or something. Um, but that app is going to be similar to the uh, swipe deploy and the essential business type stuff. So we need to look at all of that. What are the actual pieces that are needed? How can we make it simple? Like I said, collecting PDF files in an email box. It's like, we're going to set up an email, and you fill out this form, and you send us an email, and we'll read the emails, 
and we'll put you in our Excel sheet <clears throat> and we'll send you a confirmation. Like, how's that for difficult? How's that for difficult? So, so that's the basic idea, is like you take the orders, you bundle them, and uh, we should actually just work out this process as if you were going to send in PDF forms to begin with. I mean, sure, you've got an app for selecting the items. So you could register as a buyer or seller, right? The seller is going to say, I'm uh, offering to deliver these and these things on this and this date, kind of like a futures contract, right? And uh, the whole economics of scale here will actually work out when we have reoccurring deliveries, where you have monthly deliveries, like so subscribe and save, I want to buy so and so many nuts and have them delivered every two weeks. I need toothpaste, toothbrushes, you know. And I'm gonna stay away from the milk for now. Unless we take in like canned milk, powdered milk and all that stuff. Like powdered milk will be much easier to uh, move without having to, um, to get into it. And we're not talking about repackaging here. So, that's all up to the supplier, and they have to be locally registered and certified and all that stuff. But you know, for um, small, small local businesses that do not do interstate operations, the regulations are very low. FDA only regulates interstate commerce. So if you're producing locally and selling locally, not across state borders, the FDA is not involved. The State Department of Health is involved. And even they, those have exemptions for small businesses, let's say under 50,000 a year or something like that, under 100,000 a year. They are lenient. So those are other things to consider. But, um, you know, we need to create first, we have to create the markets. So, just like the futures market, you've got market for nuts, you've got beans, soap, all those different items, ketchup, canned food. I guess we're gonna get into the whole survival kits with like rice or rations. Um, you know, they've got like those 25-year rations and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff is pretty good to, uh, and easy to handle. 
so um, so choosing the products is going to be difficult but it's going to be a marketplace so people will offer them um, like a message board let's say people will offer them and then people will uh, bid on them and uh, once we reach an agreement on a price and a quantity we make a contract for a delivery I think we can create some kind of market thing with bidders and askers. There's this game I used to play on the Atari, it was called Mule. Now I've gotten to the bridge, so it's kind of loud here, so excuse the noise. There's this game called Mule, where you're on some isle, uh, some, you're colonizing or on some planet, and you've got these things called mules, which are like mechanized robots that you used to mine so you go out and you mine all these this ore with your mule where you get sun and then you can there's this market time where you buy and sell stuff and it was cool because the sellers would be on the top the buyers would be on the bottom the seller would walk down to lower the price and the buyer would walk up to raise the price and they would meet in the middle and then they would transfer and if the buyer wants to stop buying he just steps back and lowers the price. So um, I'm assuming that we could use some kind of cryptocurrency transaction here and have a decentralized blockchain uh, running this whole thing so we don't even need servers for handling this part. It could just be, I mean, you need servers, but you know, you basically have a wallet to sign your transactions. Boy, this is loud. basically have a wallet to sign your transactions you put those PDF files those transactions on the net and they get confirmed um, you know you fund them with some cryptocurrency and uh, maybe this whole thing could be built on top of an existing cryptocurrency ideally uh, a certain type of transaction formatted in a certain way, certain metadata or smart contracts. So we need to work on all of that. Yeah, now I'm going to cross the bridge to Pennsylvania. Let's check our time. I said uh, 7.30 is the time when we're going to start heading back. 7.17, okay, 15 more minutes. Or at least we're going to cross. Boy, this river, the Delaware River, is full. It is flooded. I should take a picture. I should take a picture of this. There's quite the rain. All right.
yeah, I should actually just go to the market. There's a nice market here in Pennsylvania I should go to. Let's see what they got on special. Get some kefir. Kefir. All right, kids. Well, I think I've rambled on long enough about this. Uh, those are my basic ideas. I got the domain name. I got some ideas. This all ties into my essential business, my micro business. Yeah, I think if we add in cryptocurrency to this whole transaction and we think about the most basic, basic thing, maybe we don't need no websites at all. Maybe we could run it as uh, transaction processing, you know, with cryptocurrency. You're like, hey, uh, I have my wallet and the buyer and seller wallet. We need to add in some kind of geolocation, say I'm willing to, uh, we need a shipping tracking system, right? Package tracking, order tracking. But I think all of that can be handled on the blockchain. We need to research into what's been done so far and use existing technology as appropriate. Okay, well, that was a little brainstorm for today. Thanks for listening, and hey, you have a great day. Bye-bye.